Welcome to the Ghost Podcast, a podcast created to share stories about the experiences of ghosting. This is your host, Rosemary, and on today's episode, we bring you a listener story from Florida. Kay, thanks so much for joining us today. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I'm a 42-year-old heterosexual female with a college degree. I have a job, great job. I have a house, a wonderful family and friends. I'm pretty much just your average person trying to live a meaningful and truthful life. In regards to dating, I'd say I'm self-aware enough to call myself a high-value person and pretty much know what I'm bringing to the table uh, when I start to get into a relationship. I have had multiple long-term relationships over the years, some good and some heartbreakers like everybody has, uh, but you pull the lessons from those and hope you finally meet the one uh, where things just kind of come together. Something I should mention before I get into my ghost story is about five years ago, I had a health trauma that affected all areas of my life, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, relationship-wise, relationships were not even an option during this time. Uh, And I battled that for about two years, being extremely sick. Uh, I had crazy symptoms. I could not sleep at all. I, I won't get into the reasons why, but it's kind of a strange story. And it happened to me. It was an extreme scenario. It was very traumatic. And I absolutely suffered CPTSD from it. Uh, The good news is, is my health started healing uh, about three years ago, and I've slowly been able to rebuild and heal most areas of my life, uh, even though I struggle with trauma uh, from that experience from time to time in different ways. That's quite a story. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was harsh. Uh, It was uh, basically, I had a toxic exposure to something and it rattled my nervous system. And I went down the path of, you know, trying to get help from allopathic medicine. It was no help at all. Went to the natural space, which doesn't take insurance, lost all my money during that time. A lot of people had a hard time understanding, like, why are you sick? You were fine one day and you're not fine the other it could have been mold. It could have been chemicals, uh, but it was a very, it was a very long journey for me. Um, I am happy, you know, that I did recover because some people don't, but there's definitely, definitely lingering effects. And, um, you know, some of that I think rolled into my online dating experience. Kay, thanks for sharing that difficult story. So after you felt recovered enough to start dating, what brought you to online dating? So I moved to the Tampa area a couple of years ago when I started feeling better. Uh, I bought a house. I worked on the house for about six months or so, literally just as I was starting to feel the need to get out and socialize more, the pandemic hit. Uh, so I was in my house and like a lot of other people, I got really lonely and I was already lonely because I had literally just spent you know, a few years battling health issues, having protective walls around me just to keep me safe, essentially, you know, during that time when I was sick, uh, dating was the farthest priority from my life. Like just getting through each day was the priority. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I got better, um, at the beginning of 2021, uh, my brother got on an online dating app, one of the swipe apps, and he actually pretty quickly met a really great girl. Uh, I had been talking to him and he's like, you know, you really need to get out and start meeting people. Why don't you try to jump on an online dating site, you know, and and see how it goes. My model for jumping into the swipe online dating sites was my brother. He met somebody really quickly. They were a great match. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, I'm a nice person too. Like my brother, maybe this will be really a really great experience for me. You know, I was a little hesitant because I'd never done the swipe dating apps before, And it had literally been about five years since I had dated at all. Uh, But I did sign up for it and was like, all right, you know, I'll I'll be optimistic about this. I'll probably meet some nice people. Maybe I'll make some friends out of this. So once you started doing online dating, how did you find that experience to be? And how was it different from past experiences you've had? I felt like a total naive bozo slash idiot. Cause I literally had no clue what the atmosphere and the behaviors were in the swipe dating world. I had done online dating before, but never on these swipe left and right sites where people are treated literally like digital commodities and not actual humans with feelings. 
it's so different these days, this swipe culture. It just feels like people are just so disposable and there's always more and more. So why put any effort into anything? Yeah. Disposable is exactly the word. You know, I had heard of ghosting before I got on these sites, uh, but it was not even on my radar that this would happen to me uh, and what the effects essentially would be on me. I honestly thought it was something that millennials did and not something that people in my age range, Gen Xers uh, and beyond actually do. It's so interesting that you say that because I had the same experience. I do not remember ghosting being such a big thing in the past, the last couple of years. And I'm sure, you know, when I was younger, people didn't return phone calls, but, uh, you know, I, I still remember when you had to put an effort into meeting someone in real life, you know, you had to be brave. You had to walk up to them at the bar and use your actual words through verbal communication. You know, back then you definitely didn't have instant access to a sea of other people at your fingertips, uh, which I think made you invest more in that one person that you were trying to get to know. It was much harder to walk away after putting in real effort. You know, like these swipe dating sites, the effort is is minimal. I also think that there was more accountability to be decent to other people back in my day, because you would meet people through mutual friends and you couldn't get away with being a ghosting shit bag uh, without other people knowing. And I've heard other people talk about this, you know, on other podcasts and reading articles, there was just more accountability in dating, you know, even 10 years ago. I think it's also so ironic that there's so many more ways you can connect to someone. You can use Snapchat or WhatsApp and social media and email and texting and calls. And it's like the more ways you can connect with someone, the easier it is to disconnect from people. It's true. It's so bizarre. And like, I don't even know what WhatsApp was like until I started online dating. And I still don't totally understand the reason why people use that. But yeah, I mean, it seems like online dating nowadays, uh, even though my experience is somewhat limited, I've learned a lot and it's a a candy land for avoidant types. And the fact that ghosting behavior and other things like breadcrumbing and benching are becoming expected and normalized behaviors is extremely disturbing to me. I have some friends who are a little bit younger and like all they know is online dating. Like that's how they meet people. I think they think that this type of behavior is like something that's, you just have to accept. It's not acceptable in any way, shape or form to do what people are doing on these online dating sites, especially the swipe dating sites. I totally agree with you. And that's, that's exactly why I started this podcast, because I think people should hear these real life stories about how this is really traumatizing and how it actually makes people feel. You know, honestly, my outlook on online dating, it's pretty bleak right now. Uh, but I realized that may change once some time has passed from my ghosting experience. And then obviously there are some success stories out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty trepidatious of the space right now, uh, even though I was not necessarily, uh, when I started online dating, I wish somebody would have told me like that there's some sort of like alarm going off and red flags, like warning, warning, this is going to be the most terrible thing you've ever had happen to you in your whole life. I'm telling you, like I've had friends who have done online dating, even the swipe ones, but I just don't, I I don't know. I don't feel like we shared these stories. Um, You know, it was only after my experience when I started talking to more people, I learned that my experience is like totally normal. This is the rule of behavior inside of these, you know, online dating swipe sites. Like ghosting is so common. I wish somebody would have let me know. Actually, my sister-in-law to be told my brother, why didn't you tell her to tell him to get off those apps after the second date? Um, So I blame my brother now for it. But yeah, I just, I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. Now I know. Yep. Now we know. And mm-hmm. it is a, uh... It's sad to know. It's almost like you'd rather not know, but it also is so helpful to just understand the terminology and what's normalized today. It's wild. Like all the terms uh, of how people handle relationships anymore. Like, I I mean, they literally need to make a dictionary around all these crazy behaviors. 
Actually, Greta from Coping with Ghosting and I are making a dictionary and it will be available on our website. We made a ghosting dictionary. Yeah, I think that'll be helpful for people. I mean, maybe everybody under 40 already knows these things, but I sure shit didn't know anything until it happened to me. So should we dive into the story of your ghost? Are you ready to tell that story? Yeah. Um, Before I get into the details, I do want to be fair to him and say that this is my perception of the events that transpired. I am mindful that his reality and truths may differ from mine, as we are two different people who view reality through different lenses. But ultimately, I signed up for an online swipe dating site, maybe in like mid-June, was talking to a couple guys, uh, met up with one. It didn't work out, which wasn't a big deal. You know, we met once and, you know, it just kind of fizzled, but there wasn't an attraction to keep it going. I didn't think anything at the time. I wasn't thinking, oh, I was ghosted, anything like that, because there was no connection yet between us. Now, in early July, uh, I swiped right on a guy who I thought his profile was interesting. I thought he was very handsome in photos. Uh, I'm a tall girl. He was a very tall guy. That's attractive to me. It's hard for me to find tall guys. Um, so yeah, I swiped right. And within a day or so he matched back, you know, I'm also trying to figure out the algorithms for all these dating sites. I think with this one particular app that I found him through, I think he might be one of those guys who is not proactive and kind of waits for women to swipe on him and there's some kind of notification that gets sent by, by Bumble to those people. So anyway, so he matched with me and I initiated the conversation with him on Bumble. It was flowing really well. He pretty quickly, you know, asked for my phone number. We talked on the phone that night and the conversation went fantastic. I mean, we probably talked for like an hour or two, whether right or wrong to do that. Uh, but we chatted. We had a lot of similarities just in a lot of things that we liked. I think we talked again later that week for a couple hours and he was like, look, I want to take you out. So we met up on, I guess, like a week later on Sunday and had a great time. It was one of those like eight or nine hour date events uh, where we went to the mall and had like, you know, a nice lunch and we walked around and, uh, you know, and then later we got dinner. It was honestly probably a little longer than it should have been, but it got me out of the house and, you know, I was attracted to him. I think he was attracted to me. Our conversation was flowing really well. It was just good. So anyways, uh, after that, we started talking on the phone pretty regularly, at least a few times a week for around one and a half months. We saw each other at least, at least once every week with, like I mentioned, many multiple hour long combos in between. I did generally let him pursue me just to see if he was legit. I'll be honest. When I went into this, I wasn't hundred percent sure yet of what I was even looking for, you know, cause I was so new to this space. I was like, well, you know, it's just try this out. If I meet somebody nice, that's that's great. And maybe we can develop something. Uh, before I go any further, I will tell you now, I think that's a bad idea. I think when you go into these online dating sites, you should have a good idea of what you actually want uh, or else your results are probably not going to be that great. Uh, but I did not know that at the time. So yeah, I generally let him pursue me. He was really good about calling me. Um, he you know, over that period of a one and a half months, he talked to me about meeting his friends, his family, going on trips together, how he thought I might be the one, how he felt he hit the ladder with me, uh, you know, maybe laying it on a little thick, but I just kind of, you know, let it roll because I was so new to dating again. You know, I don't know that it would necessarily would have been love bombing because he didn't get like super intense, but he was very complimentary of me. Uh, and I believed him, you know, I, I know his dad knew my name. Um, you know, he talked to, about, you know, me meeting his mom and then, you know, we tried to arrange me meeting some of his friends, but I was going to be out of town that weekend. So it just didn't happen when I did have questions around some of the things that he would say, I would vet the best that I, I could, I, I will say there was some stuff that 
were flags for me or like, you know, just set something off in me that made me feel uncomfortable or like, well, maybe I should learn more about this situation, which I'll talk about the red flags. But in general, you know, he was very open when I would ask him questions about something. And, you know, it made me feel confident that I should keep, you know, the momentum of the relationship moving forward. So fast forward, you know, about a month into our one and a half, two month type of relationship, uh, we had a great fourth date. Uh, he came over to my house and I just, I felt like we really connected. We were never, you know, super physical with each other. We never had sex. Uh, you know, it was all over the clothes, PG related type of stuff. It was very slow, like, and very sweet in a lot of ways. So yeah. So he came over to my house and just like, it was very nice. He came over on a Friday. I didn't hear from him all weekend, which actually wasn't that unusual with what we were doing. Uh, he seemed to be like really busy with his friends and, you know, having set dates with people that he knew, uh, not necessarily romantic dates, but he's from here. So he has like a big network. And I was just like, that's cool. You know, whatever you want to do. But, you know, when he would go out, he would like call me afterwards and check in. So like, I wasn't necessarily suspicious that there was anything else going on, but yeah, so we have this great fourth date and the entire weekend passes. I don't hear from him. You know, Monday he calls me and this is when I feel like maybe there were some warning signs of what was to come. We have this phone call and he essentially tells me, you know, I feel really guilty that I didn't contact you at all this weekend. You know, after we had such a great date, I was kind of paralyzed with anxiety yesterday. He, he's a teacher and he had just started back at school. So I think he was feeling overwhelmed, but he was like, you know, I was just paralyzed with anxiety, but I feel guilty about not calling you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I would really like to talk to you a little bit more than we, than we actually do. You know, I understand you're out with your friends, but you know, I'd really like to be in a relationship with someone where I know they're, they're thinking about me. So, you know, like, even if you're out with your friends, I would love it. You know, like if you texted me and I'd love to know, you know, that I'm on your mind. And he told me the same. He's like, that's what I absolutely want to. But in the same, at the same time, I'm like, well, then why didn't you do it? So that conversation uh, then kind of went all over the place. He told me that he really misses being an expat. Uh, he taught in Korea for like eight years or something. And you know, after my conversations with him, he really thinks very highly of that experience. Uh, so much to the point that he talked about it so much that I had to ask him, like, look, do you have plans on moving back there? Because I can't get involved with somebody who's just planning on leaving again. And he reassured me, no, 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 you know, I'm staying here, whatever, whatever. However, like during this phone call, he started talking about like the expat lifestyle again and how he can only talk to his. Uh, best girlfriend who is also an expat, you know, about that, which is another red flag that I'll get to the female BFF uh, that he cannot shut up about. So during this conversation, you know, he's telling me how he misses being an expat, but no, he's not going to go back. He's going to stay here. Then he starts going off about how listen, uh, you know, I'm not the greatest communicator. All of my friends tell me I'm not a great communicator, but I want you to know, you know, I'm working on this. So just, you know, just please be patient. Just give me like two or three weeks here. I am trying to be better at it. I thought that was really strange that he said that because we had had zero communication problems, like up to this point, for the most part, I kind of took it as like, well, are you just stressed out with work going back to school? what is this? But essentially he just had this like really random breakdown on the phone, which uh, I've since learned there's a, a, a relationship coach who says this stuff actually happens a lot with guys. He, he, he coins this, the, uh, the dysfunctional moonwalk where when guys start getting scared <laughs> of their own emotions or their feelings for somebody, they'll start like dumping all of their problems on the other person that is exactly what this conversation felt like with this guy. Cause like up until that point, I thought things were going great. So this like conversation really threw me for that's, a loop. 
That's so interesting. I've never heard that, but I've experienced what you're talking about multiple times. I didn't realize it was actually like, yes. a, like a real thing that's documented. Oh yeah. The dysfunctional moonwalk is what it's coined. It essentially like means like this person has chaos in their life and they're not stable and there's, you know, not all men, but many men I think are uncomfortable with their own emotions. So it's like, well, are you starting to feel something with me? And now you're, you're pulling back. Like, are you scared? But in the same breath in this conversation. So he's telling me, he's like a terrible communicator yapping to me again about this ex-girlfriend BFF uh, that he can only talk to about certain things, which is very annoying. And I did talk to him about that in another conversation, but in that same conversation, he was talking to me, like, he said to me, I want to go on a trip with you. Let's go on a three-day trip down to Sarasota over Labor Day. You know, let's just get out of here. And I said, I would love that, but I'm going to be out of town for Labor Day. I, I'm not going to be able to go. So it was, long story short, it was a very strange conversation where he's basically telling me things that would point to he's not good for, for a relationship, but then telling me that he wants to take me out of town and treat me like we are in a relationship. Like it was a very bizarre conversation. We got through it. I didn't drill into him during that phone call, but I did, you know, make mental notes of like, God, that was kind of, that was kind of strange, but I'll just go with it. You know, maybe he's just having a bad day. All right. So, okay. So we have this weird conversation on a Monday night and I walked away just kind of like, well, you know, whatever. But then that same week, he knew I was leaving that Saturday to fly up to Cincinnati to see some family and friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, you know, the next day after this phone call, he's like, you know, my mom's going to be in town on Friday uh, and she lives near and she's uh, babysitting some kids near you. Like, would you want to meet her? And I was like, uh, sure. What, what did you think when he wanted you to meet his mom already? Honestly, I thought it was maybe a little fast because in my mind, I'm like, I need to go out on more dates with you. Like we've only, <laughs> we've only seen each other four times here. Like, yes, I'd love to meet your mom and your dad and all of your friends, but I need to literally spend time with you first, you know, before I necessarily feel super comfortable doing that. So, you know, maybe that was a warning sign early on, like moving too fast. I know some people do that, uh, you know, get people that they're interested in involved with their friends and family somewhat quickly. So I, you know, I didn't look at it as a super red flag, but yeah, I mean, it, I did note like this feels kind of sudden, especially when we have not seen each other enough, in my opinion, you know, in a month and a half of us talking. You know, but I thought it was a nice gesture at least. And he was telling me, Hey, can I bring you to the airport? Da, 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 da. Offering to do those hero types of things that a lot of times you should just let guys do because it's very fulfilling for them. Uh, but my flight was so early and my mom had come down. So I was like, Hey, you know, it's super nice, uh, but don't worry about it. Uh, I've got it handled. So the Friday before I'm about to leave, we talked the night before. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to come over to see you, even if it's for 15 minutes before you leave. And I thought that is so nice. Like you're, you've had a long work day and you're going to go out of your way to like, come see me for a short period of time. So he came over and, you know, it was just like quick chatting, like fast makeout session. I remember as I was walking him to his car, I said to him, Hey, don't meet any other Bumble babes while I'm gone. I remember this very clearly. He looked down and to the right and he said, I want nothing to do with that app. Now, I know that when people look down and to the right, that is a sign that they are lying. Okay. Like I didn't connect it necessarily at the time, but I remember his response and his reaction is something that stuck with me. <laughs> so, yeah. So I said, don't meet any bumble babes. And he's like, you know, I want nothing to do with that. So I just figured, no, he was going to let me go up to Cincinnati and probably wouldn't reach out to me because he knew I was with my friends and family. And that's kind of how we had been like respecting each other's private time with the, each other's friends and family. So I just figured he'd probably do the same thing with me. 
Now, when I get off the plane, when I land in Cincinnati, he had actually texted me and he says, Hey, I hope you have an amazing time and that you got there safely. When I got the message, I felt really good about it. I was like, wow, I wasn't even expecting him to reach out to me. That is so nice that he actually did. Like, this makes me feel more comfortable. Like, he's into me, he's making effort, he's thinking about me. You know, we texted a little bit back and forth that day. I called him the next day from Cincinnati. He picked up the phone. We talked for about an hour. I remember on that phone call, he was like, he said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not my normal loquacious self, but you know, I have, I have some stuff going on. And I said, well, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, everything's fine. I just, yeah. I was like, all right, well, that was a little weird, but maybe he's just busy or tired or has personal stuff going on. I don't understand. The next day he texts me while I'm out with my friend. Um, I had texted him some photos of my friends uh, and some other cool things in Cincinnati. I wanted to show him. He responds to me on Monday, you know, all photos should include your beautiful face in it, you know, compliment. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And I wrote him back something kind of flirty. Uh, like, are you trying to get into my pants? Because it's working. And he didn't respond to it. And I was like, uh, okay. Cause like, most guys who I've been flirty with over text, they're into it. Right. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, right. Right. So I was like, okay, well that's kind of weird, but okay. So then the next day rolls around, I'm talking, I meet up with a friend and I'm telling her about him. Cause I'm thinking things are generally going well. And, you know, I'm sharing stories. Uh, I showed some pictures to her. And in one of his profile shots, he's holding an Inca cola, which is a Peruvian cola. My friend's Peruvian. So she was like, oh my gosh, you should totally give this guy a chance. He's holding a Peruvian cola. Like just kind of silly. So I text him. Yeah. My, my friend thinks I should absolutely give you a chance just purely based on the fact that you're holding a Peruvian cola. He responds back right away. And we're just like joking. And uh, I'm like, yeah, she keeps telling me to give you a chance. He's like, wait, give me a chance. Am I, am I fucking things up? And I'm like, no, 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 no effing up dot, dot, dot yet you know, in a joking manner. And he sends me this like funny gif of somebody, you know, with their hands, like in an amen. It was just like cute. Uh, you know, later that night before I go to bed, I'm like, Hey, you know, sorry about my broken texts earlier. You know, here's a picture of me and my friend Stephanie. And he's like, you know, you're you're beautiful. Keep sending me, keep sending me pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't like sending pictures. I'm not, you know, really into the whole selfie culture at all, but I was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with this guy. Like, okay, he's being genuine. He's showing effort and I want to show him my world of friends. So yeah, you know, here's me, here's some of my friends. Here's my life. Wednesday rolls around and this is what I'm going to get on my flight home. He texts me that morning. And he says, you know, I don't know what time you're leaving today, but I hope your flight is safe and that you had a great time. I really can't wait to see you soon. Now, this sounds kind of weird, but when he said, I can't wait to see you soon, I honestly thought that was like a little vague. I can't wait to see you soon. There was something in it that just said to me, well, you know, I'm going to be home this weekend and then I'm going to be out of town again next weekend. Why aren't you like being like, I want to see you this weekend. There's just something about it. You know, I can't wait to see you soon. It just felt like very open-ended to me. You get this gut feeling yes. in these moments and you just know. Yes. I'm telling you like, yes. Uh, it, I would be lying if I said I didn't that there weren't signs that this might be coming, like looking back on it. Cause like you have your woman's intuition and it could be something really silly. Like he didn't include an exclamation point at the end of his sentence or, you know, just, just something that keys you off anyways. So I get home that night and we don't talk cause it's kind of late. No big deal. Uh, I text him Thursday morning and I say, Hey, can I have you this weekend? He writes me back right away. I'm all yours on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I have to do some things for work. Um, I have a birthday party and I got to get my hair cut. Now, this birthday party was for this girl BFF 
who, frankly, uh, I really questioned the boundaries of their relationship. Um, And I did talk about it with him and that talk went well, but he kept bringing her up, even though, even when I asked him like not to, (laughs) Uh, I was never like demanding of it by any means. But anyway, so I text him like, oh, is it this girl's birthday? Because he told me literally right before I left, oh, her birthday is coming up. Yeah. We normally go out with a group of friends and do something together. I didn't respond when he told me right before I left. Cause I was like, you know what, if you bring her up one more time, my response is no response at all. I like, I don't want to hear about this. This is boring to me. Be focused on us. Um, so I asked him that, you know, if it's her party and he's like, yeah, you know, but we may not even do anything. Okay. No big deal. We don't talk that night. Friday rolls around. He texts me in the morning. Happy Friday exclamation point. I thumb thumbs up it at some point during the day. Then it gets to about like nine o'clock at night. I haven't heard from him. So I call him just to, you know, make arrangements for what we're doing on Saturday. He doesn't answer the phone. So Saturday rolls around and I've got this gut feeling that something is just off. So that woman's in, woman's intuition. And there was part of me that's like, is this guy going to cancel on me? Because he had done that once before, uh, right before our third date, kind of last minute, he told me he pulled a muscle at the gym. I let that one slide, even though I thought it was like a little suspect. Um, but it was on my mind that day. Like this guy better not cancel on me again, you know, because I'm not, I'm not going to be a doormat. (laughs) I'm going to have to say something if he, if he does it again and doesn't have like a great answer for it. So it's about like noon. And of course, at this point I've gotten in the shower, I'm shaving my legs, making effort that way. Naturally, as I'm shaving my legs, which I hate doing, I hear a ping on my phone. And it's an email or it's a text from him. And the text says, hey, Kay, I just woke up and I'm still feeling crappy. Fell asleep at 7.30 p.m. yesterday, woke up at 3 a.m. and finally fell asleep again around 5 a.m. I'm going to a clinic soon if the Tylenol doesn't help. I hope this isn't COVID and is just a cold. Now, this guy has a high-risk job. He's a teacher. We had been talking about people getting sick at his school. When he tells me that he might have COVID, like I'm going to take it seriously. I, I know people who have gotten seriously ill and died like through this pandemic. So he sends me this message and I'm like, okay, I want to be compassionate because maybe he is not feeling well, but at the same time, this just, there's something about this that just doesn't feel right. Like he didn't say, sorry. He didn't say let's reschedule. He didn't say anything. He just said, yeah, I didn't answer the phone because I was in and out of sleep. Uh, I hope I'm not sick with potentially COVID. So I write him back maybe like 15 minutes later. And this is probably my woman's intuition speaking, but I said, I had a feeling this was going to occur. Well, selfishly, I'm sad, but hope you feel better. Also, I should be honest that I'm in my head about some things. I would like to keep momentum going between us because I hate a misconnection. I was hoping we could connect, but I do understand being sick. But this is also the second time you've canceled on me. So I don't know what to think. Maybe I'm just being a PMSing dick. Uh, Let me know if I can help you. About five or six hours pass. I haven't heard a word from this guy, not a word. And everything's going through my head, right? I'm disappointed because I was so excited to see him getting home from my trip. You know, I had told my friends and my family about him. I had bought him a shirt when I was up in Cincinnati. I was just so excited to give it to him. Um, And I was just really looking forward to our day because I knew I was going to be out of town again for an entire week, the next, the next weekend. And I knew like we had to keep momentum going with this thing or it was just going to die. So, you know, I'm thinking about things, uh, drinking the $22 bottle dollar bottle of wine that I had bought for us that day. I decided to text him, you know, later that day. And I said, Hey, 
I just realized you told me you're still feeling crappy when you never told me you're feeling crappy to begin with. Having said that, I hope you were not in the ICU, but it's really the only explanation for this level of shaft. I hope you understand, question mark. Also, I'm someone who I feel respected and valued when someone keeps their word about plans and when I can physically see someone and connect with them that way. If you weren't feeling good, I wish you would have told me sooner as I arranged my day to be with you. If you're in the ICU, sure, I completely understand. Uh, But otherwise, you know, please don't waste my time. So I'm just in this position where you're trying to be, you're trying to trust that this person's telling you the truth about being sick, but then there's also just something about the whole thing that's not sitting right with you. And you're trying to protect yourself, establish your boundaries so you can be respected as you expect to be, you know, respected in relationships. You know, maybe I was reading too much into his words, but if he knew he was feeling sick the day before, you could have told me sooner. I probably still would have been disappointed, but it was essentially like the last minute portion of all that, that really threw me off. And then him not apologizing or talking about rescheduling. He didn't say anything to me that day. All he told me is he might have COVID. All right. So at this point, uh, it's Saturday night. I don't hear from him at all on Sunday. Monday rolls around the entire day. I don't hear a word. Uh, you know, I, at this point I've talked to my brother about the situation and his view is, is this guy sounds like a flake. I'm telling you, like as a guy, if he is actually sick, he better have the master of apologies lined up. If he doesn't, you need to, you need to back away from this guy. He's like, I'm telling you. This is the thing about ghosting. And I had a similar experience in, in my ghosting story where someone communicates really well. They can do it. They've Mm -hmm. shown that to you. And then they just choose not to. Oh yeah. All of a sudden they just don't know how to speak anymore. Even though this this guy is an English teacher and has to speak all the time. It just, things started becoming unbelievable. That's, that's what happened. Like things were good. And then like slowly things just got kind of weird. It wasn't totally transparent or obvious. So, you know, I still kind of hung around, but when he canceled again for a second time, that's when I was like, wait a minute, you can't do that to me. I am interested in you. I surely hope that you really are just sick because if you're not, you're treating me like shit and I'm not going to let you treat me like shit. You know, when I talked about what I sent with my, my guy friends and my girlfriends, and they're all just like, what you sent him is totally fine. Like you didn't cross any lines. Yeah, it was direct, but you're an adult, you know, like it's okay to tell this person to not waste your time. He's canceled. He's flaked on you twice last minute because of two ailments, you know, a pulled muscle and maybe having COVID like it's (laughs) you don't tell someone you might have COVID Oh, and then not say anything. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, that's just disgusting behavior to me. Okay. So we get to Monday night. And at this point I am thinking, you know, my mind's all over the place. I've been crying. I'm talking to friends. Oh, you know, the crazy thing too, is uh, the same day that he flaked on our date, my brother got engaged to the girl that he met on Bumble. So it was this crazy day of like exciting text conversations with my brother's situation and me on the other end, like, oh, you know, sad about my situation. I will say my brother was amazing. Like even though he had all this, you know, all this, these positive things going on in his life, he kept checking in with me to make sure I was okay, like a brother, you know, and that, that honestly made me feel really good to know that, you know, he had, he had my back and (laughs) he could have just focused on his wonderful uh, love story uh, that came out of online dating, but he, he took the time to like check in, make sure I was okay. You know, his uh, wife to be, I talked to her and she was awesome. She's like, he sounds like a narcissistic asshole, you know? And having that support is really, really important because when this happens to you, you feel like you are going crazy and you need someone to tell you, no, this is, this should not be happening. This is not the way it should go. On Monday, 
it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm debating, do I text this fucker or not? Like, what do I do? What if he actually is in a hospital unit right now? Because legit, he has a job with a high level of exposure. You know, am I my compassionate side comes out here. I'm not a jerk. Like I don't want people to be sick. So I text him at about nine o'clock that night within 10 minutes, he writes me back. Hey, Kay, I came down with strep throat and I'm still feeling like ass. I've been in and out of sleep for the last three days and just trying not to swallow. Sorry to let you down. Just feel awful. Now, I don't know if you know other people who have had strep throat. I know it can be very uncomfortable. However, it does not stop your fingers from working, especially if you just told somebody you might have fucking COVID. So I literally sat for more than 48 hours worried that the guy that I'm developing feelings for might be dead, you know, laid up in a hospital unit on a ventilator. So when he sends me this, I'm honestly disgusted. I tell my brother about it and he's like, not good enough. I don't respond to him at all because I'm trying to figure out like what the hell is going on. This is a total 180. I've got someone telling me they want to pick me up from the airport. Uh, They can't wait to see me soon. Texting me on a Friday and then blowing me off literally the next day and then not responding to me for over 48 hours. It was, it was shocking to me. So I let about four days pass. And before I'm about to get on a plane to go to California to see my brother, I text him, you better, question mark. Never hear from him again. Now, this is early September. Never heard from him again. While I'm out in California, I'm having to entertain new people because I'm, you know, meeting my brother's bride to be's family. I'm not able to process my emotions at all. I'm having to put on a brave face, you know. I'm talking to my brother and her about what happened, but ultimately I'm having to put on a brave face and nobody wants to see me upset. I didn't even know actually how I felt yet. I didn't even barely know what ghosting was <laughs> at the time. I didn't know resources existed. Uh, to learn about it and how it makes you feel nothing. So anyways, I get through this week, I come home and I just like fucking collapse like into my emotions. I, you know, pretty much ran, run the gamut of what everybody feels when they've been ghosted for the first time. About a month passes and so much has gone through my mind, like during this time, all these emotions, I've listened to a lot of like different podcasts and programs, like how to handle this situation. I decide to send him a closure text and the closure text reads, I feel like potential for whatever ended pretty abruptly between us. I realized there was only early investment and a lot of questions still. As a semi-decent human with feelings, I'd like for you to know I was hurt and confused by the way you left. I took a break for a long time from dating and maybe naively was not aware of online dating behavior, which apparently is a cesspool of inconsideration. I do wish you felt like you could have communicated with me, no matter what you were thinking. You have your reasons. Anyways, I saw you on Hinge. Good luck out there. That's right. I saw him on Hinge too because I decided to sign up for Hinge because at the recommendation of my soon-to-be sister-in-law, uh, just kind of like try to get myself back out there to get over this crazy situation. But when I put myself out there, there he is, you know, on this other dating app. But anyways, I send him, you know, this closure message. Never heard anything back. I honestly didn't expect to because I'm like, he just did this to me once. He's probably going to do it again. For all I know he may have completely blocked me because apparently that's pretty typical behavior for people who pull this shit. They just literally shut you down. Yeah. You get blocked. I've had it happen to me before a couple of times. Yeah. So I have no idea if this guy even got the message. Um, So that was early October. I sent it. It's now, you know, towards the end of November. Uh, I am on the online dating sites, uh, you know, 
somewhat active talking to people, but pretty trepidatious still. He is still on the online dating sites. Like I see him out there. I pretty much just ignore him when he comes up, but he just, to see him <laughs> like still on these sites after, you know, what he did, I guess I'm not surprised, but I, yeah, I don't know. Just, I guess this is just what these people do. Yeah. A lot of them are serial ghosters. You know, it's a pattern they do over and over. I wonder, yeah. cause I thought about this myself. Is it better to see them on the apps and know that they can't find someone else or to have them disappear and be like, I thought about that. Yeah. Did you find you know, there, someone else? And there is some validation. So, and this is where, you know, uh, we could talk about this, you're talking about red flags. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been on those dating sites for five plus years. As I look back now, I go, uh, he's been on dating sites for five plus years. He hasn't had any serious relationships come out of that. His longest relationship was maybe like three months. Yeah, sure. I look back now and go, oh my God, this is absolutely a serial dater type of situation. Somebody who just can't settle down or like chooses not to. Major avoidant, major avoidant attachment style. Yes. Yes. So, Kay, you've been ghosted. How do you feel and how has it affected you going forward? Yeah. It rattled the hell out of me emotionally in a way I didn't even know it would. I was absolutely never in love with this guy because I barely knew him, but I was absolutely excited about the prospect of growing something real with him over time. Um, I honestly thought maybe he was more sensitive to women because he's a brother to a female who sadly died because of her own mental health issues. And we had talked about that. And I really got the impression this is someone who's sensitive to women because he had a terrible family tragedy that affected his sister. He's also a teacher to teenagers. He seems to have many female friends. I honestly did not expect him to take the easy route with with me with ghosting just because I got the impression that maybe he was a little bit more sensitive to females. You know, I went through all the feelings and thought processes of someone who feels that they have been discarded by someone that they cared about. There was lots of crying, thinking about every possible reason this may have happened. You know, is he scared of commitment? Did he meet someone else? Does he have chaos going on on in his life? Did he just lose interest? Is he a serial dater? All those things. I spent a lot of time ruminating about all the possibilities, which I know you're not supposed to do, but I'm a highly sensitive person and I'm human. I think that's actually pretty normal to try to figure out why something occurred. You know, in today's world, there's so many ways to get instant information mm-hmm. from on anything. So when you can't get that, it, it like makes our brains go crazy, which is something that's so hard about ghosting. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I did talk to a lot of uh, family and friends and even acquaintances after this happened. And I tell you what was shocking to me, even acquaintances, mostly females that I talked to, I found out that this is such typical behavior that happens in the online dating space. Like I would just be randomly talking to maybe somebody that I met in a store or was, you know, out and about and we're just like chatting the legions of women who have been ghosted by men. And I know this happens to men too. Absolutely. But there seems to be like just legions of women who have a similar story to mine. And I really had no idea like how common this actually was until it, it happened to me. I feel like my default now is I just expect everybody to ghost me. And if they don't, that, and that is, yes, that's so but it's sad. So, it's so sad because it almost like creates this anxiety cycle where you are more likely to be ghosted because you now have abandonment issues and trauma mm-hmm. from this, that you're so sensitive to it, that it can almost feel like you might be even creating the ghosting situation. That's right. I mean, this, like I mentioned before, like this was not on my radar. I thought this is something that happened to 20 somethings who were immature and just really had limited relationship experiences. Uh, But, oh no, I have met so many women in their fifties, sixties, same shit is happening to them with 
men in their age range. It's, it's really, it's really disturbing. Also mention, you know, the timing of when he decided to just disappear on me, it was not great because within a couple of weeks, uh, I started having some pretty severe work relationship issues. Uh, and then about a month later, I learned I was going to be let go from my position. The, what felt like rejection <laughs> really hitting hard in a short span of time. It just made, it, it made processing this ghosting situation, like even that more difficult. Like I generally think I'm a pretty self-aware person. I've dealt with a lot of crazy shit in my life. I've dealt with very difficult things, but this, this just really threw me for a loop. I had no idea how much somebody that frankly, I didn't even think I was that attached to how much their actions would affect me. And, you know, it's not nice to do because you really don't know what the other person is going through. Like me, like I was going through, I was about to go through some serious additional rejection shit, like during that span of time. Like, I feel like these people who do the ghosting, it's just so, it's so inconsiderate of the other person, you know, and what they might be going through. Like, it's so easy. I feel like just, just send a message like, Hey, this isn't going to work out. Or, you know, I have stuff going on in my life right now, but these people who just like disappear, it's just intensely cruel, especially when the other person has additional shit going on in their life. You know, I have a pretty good support system, but I have thought about like people who maybe they don't have a great support system. Maybe they're struggling with their mental health already. When people just fucking disappear. Holy God. Like the I, spiral that that can put some people into. I've Not had good. I've had people contact me on the podcast who are in this mental state who are just mm-hmm. so traumatized. And it's, it's really sad. It is totally unnecessary, wholly unavoidable. And yes, like even if you get a text or a call from someone and they're like, I don't want to pursue this for X, Y, and Z reason. Yeah. I mean, that's going to hurt, but there is some closure with that. The, the nothingness is just, it's so inhumane, especially when you've invested time in somebody, when you were building something, when you thought things were moving in a positive direction, when someone is telling you they want you to be a part of their family life, their friend life, they want to go on trips with you, you know, the cognitive dissonance for somebody to just disappear after telling you all these things, it is harsh. I will tell you, I'm doing that much better than I was a couple months ago. Uh, so like with all things, I know I'm going to be okay. And this will just be another life learning lesson, but holy fuck, this was absolutely very painful for me. Um, and it was very unexpected that I would even feel the way that I did. So, Kay, I know in your story, you mentioned a couple of things that you look back. And of course, you think about these things over and over again in your mind that, you know, retrospect were red flags. Is there anything else that you haven't mentioned that was a red flag to you in retrospect? Yeah, looking back, there were actually a ton of red flags, pink flags. But one that absolutely sticks out to me is uh, during a conversation, and it might have been during the meltdown conversation that we had after our fourth date. I think when I asked him about, you know, wanting to be with someone who wants to text me, even when they're out with their friends, I want to know that, you know, I'm on this person's mind. And he responded, well, I want that too. After we talked about that, he said something along the lines of, you know, I I am kind of scared of a serious relationship. I haven't had one since I got back from overseas almost five years ago. So I I am a little scared. Now, at the time when he said it, I think I said something like, yeah, you know, I'm a little scared too. I haven't had one in a while. But now I look at that comment very differently. When a man tells you he is scared of a serious relationship, translation, he is not ready or prepared to be in a quote unquote serious, committed relationship with you and probably anybody for that matter. There's, in my mind, there's nothing to be scared of. We were progressing very nicely. I hadn't put out any ultimatums to him. I wasn't pressuring him. But yeah, when he mentioned that, that he was scared of 
a serious relationship because he hadn't had one in a really long time. I look back on it now and I say, I wish I would have dug into that statement a little bit more at that time. Cause I actually think that was very revealing uh, and was probably part of the reason why he ended up doing what he did. Since your ghosting experience, what have you done to heal and to move on? Yeah. Uh, thank God there are so many resources that exist for people who are going through this experience. I didn't even know these things existed until it happened to me. Um, but there's so many resources out there. There's podcasts, there's online articles, there's life coaches on Instagram, um, you know, relationship coaches, your family, your friends. Uh, there's so many people around you who have been affected by this. I am so grateful that I found these resources because if they hadn't have existed, this would have been a total shit show for me emotionally. Uh, I did find comfort in knowing that I'm absolutely not the only person who has gone through this experience. Um, I did have the opportunity to talk to a counselor uh, through my employee assistance program. And it's really sad because she told me she has these types of conversations all the time. She even went so far to ask me the name of the guy who ghosted me because the story that I told her was so similar to what somebody else had told her. That is insane to hear that from, from someone. I've been talking to other guys on these online dating sites in an attempt to keep moving forward. I've probably rewritten my profile like 20 times trying to keep the weirdos away and you know be very clear about what I'm looking for. I don't even know if people read these profiles or if they're just looking at pictures, which is what it pretty much sounds like, like reading a lot of articles. Uh, to be honest, I'm going very slowly as I just have a lot going on right now. While I'm a million times better than I was, this experience with this last guy really rattled me. So I'm just more cautious. Um, but I do know I want a connection with someone special. So even though it's hard, I'm going to keep putting my authentic self out there. If you could say something to your ghost, what would you want him to know? Again, I'm saying this from the perception of the events that transpired uh, for me. Of course, I would want to know what the fuck happened. I know you have your view of the situation and I have mine. I realize you may have had some things going on. I didn't fully understand. And maybe you were scared and I am compassionate to that, but I'm also embarrassed for you with some of the things you said to me and the way you exited left from our seeming growing connection. After our shared experiences for almost two months, I think I was worthy of more than the silent treatment from you. And you're worthy of knowing this. It caused me extreme emotional pain and confusion because I'm human and was excited about the potential of a real connection with you. I was really looking forward to seeing you after I got from back from my trip. I told my friends and my family about you. I even bought you a cool shirt I thought you would like and was super stoked to give it to you. When you told me you thought you might have COVID, I was sincerely worried and you just seemed to not give a damn. The carelessness was shocking to me since there was a pandemic going on and you were high risk with your profession. I worried about you for almost three days straight. It was fucking brutal. Would you have even let me know if you were okay or not? If I hadn't have texted you, are you in the hospital? Did you die? And your response back to me, do you think I'm stupid enough to believe that your fingers don't work? Even if you have strep throat, did you even have strep throat? I've thought of every possible reason why you left the way you did every truth and untruth. Maybe you don't know what you want or what you're doing. Regardless, you didn't have to leave the way that you did. We're grownups. You could have talked to me. I would have respected your thoughts and reasons no matter what they were. There were so many things I liked about you. I was looking forward to getting to know you better, run errands with you, take trips with you, take naps with you, go dancing with you, have us meet each other's friends and family all the wonderful things that you get to experience when you're trying to build a relationship with someone. I have a rich world and was optimistic that you wanted to be part of it based off the things you were saying to me and some of the effort I was seeing from you. You are the person who I hoped would be my person. But I'm also really disappointed that in the end, you didn't step up. You said one thing throughout our relationship and then ultimately ended up doing something else. You just seem seemingly gave up on something between us that could have been good. It was easier for you to retreat than push forward. You chose comfort over potential, I guess because of your own doubts, insecurities, or hidden agenda. 
I'm sure I'll never know. I do thank you for the lessons in this experience. The silent treatment from you hit me unexpectedly hard. It was complete emotional whiplash for me and extremely painful for me to process on top of other things happening in my life at the time. I didn't deserve it. No one does. I wouldn't have done it to you. I won't do it to someone else. Hopefully you can be and do better for the next person who is vulnerable with you. If I never speak to you again, I want you to know that even though I feel you treated me without respect, kindness, or empathy, when you casually blew off another date and then ghosted me in the end, I still have compassion for you. I wish you happiness and fulfillment wherever and with whoever that is. Kate, I feel so much empathy for you. And I really want to thank you for sharing your story. I feel like I have so much in common with you from what you shared and my own experience. Thank you again for being here. Your letter to your ghost is very powerful. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Listeners, we want to hear your story. If you have a ghost to share, reach out to us on our website, theghostpodcast.com. You can also send us an email at theghostpodcaststories at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at theghostpodcaststories. Thank you for listening. This episode of The Ghost Podcast was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Rosemary. Music is an original production by Silence Kills. To subscribe to this podcast, go to our website, theghostpodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.